chance for Matt Crouch. Looks up, no options. Blasts it back to the wing, his only option. Himmelberg got there, but Hurley's fist. That big fist of fury gets it across the boundary line on the wing. Gets it out. Smith's driving kick. Himmelberg was he blocked now, says the umpire. And Ridley again with the saving thump through for a rush behind. The keys to Smith. Crow's looking to take the lead. Brilliant mark, Hurley. Maybe a game saver with two minutes left on the clock. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, the podcast with excellent short little grabs of reviews there. <laughs> the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to, to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back after a win. Uh, I'm always a bit more chirpier after a win. Uh, yeah. It'll be a very interesting conversation we're about to go into about what this how do we view this win? And, you know, uh, a lot of people's ha- had us as warm favourites. I must admit I didn't. But it'll be an interesting uh, topic of discussion. Look, this show is going to be uh, a little bit different. We're obviously going to cover a little bit of the game uh, in the first segment. We wanted to put out a bit of a challenge, and, and you notice probably a, a tweet or a Facebook post went out saying, hey, send us you guys be the a lot of the content of, of today's show. Send us some questions. What do you want us to discuss? What do you want us to answer? Some some answers only the club knows. <laughs> so uh, yeah. if you like, look- um, how far away is Joey D? And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, there's some that we can't we can discuss a little bit, but uh, you know, uh, as much as I know a few people. There's some I just don't know, uh, and yeah. so sorry I, I can't answer them all. Uh, but we're definitely going to discuss definitely some really good questions. But let's go on to the three point win over the Adelaide Crows uh, at Adelaide Oval. Yep, uh, it's one of those ones. Uh, if you heard our initial game reaction um, Patreon sort of show, uh, you'd you'd see it's kind of a bit of a half and half, positive and negatives. I must admit, I, I've probably now leaning, the more I looked at this game and I had another look at it, uh, I, I realised um, that the, the the win actually is quite impressive and and it's fully acknowledging <laughs> that our skills were not great. Um, oh, man, that, that, that's the biggie for me. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on the, on the positive side of things, but I'm still sort of where I am on that Patreon show in that I'm okay with it. But that kind of level of of skill and execution is not going to cut it in the next four games. No, and that's that's the reality. But I, I do want to just acknowledge it is something that I've said before on this podcast. It's that you know we're not going to win every game, but the game the the losses that fans accept is when we have a really hard go at the at the game, and you know, and we we are committed to pressuring the other team, pressuring to do the hard stuff. And then when I looked at the game the second time, I realised, well, that's kind of what we did. You know, it, not everything worked. You know, uh, five All-Australian plays were out of the side. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, add another three on top of that uh, of, of, of pretty good quality and pretty good skill. Um, so when I looked at the game, I went, you know what, you know, we are that – for that round, we were the second least um, – uh, experienced team in the AFL for that round, you, you know. So the Crows actually had more experience than us. I know. We've, we've traveled. That was an interesting yeah. stat. That we've, was an interesting stat you, you told me. Yeah, well, seventeenth uh, in experience, and and we've traveled to Adelaide Oval in a hostile crowd, desperate for a first win, and we've come away victories with the victory. And 
But I guess the yeah. the victory, and this is the thing, like Adelaide have just lost what two hundred in a row or whatever they've just seven, lost. Yeah, yeah. Was it eight or something? Seven, yeah. Before prior um, to us, yeah. Said whatever it is, yeah. And they've just lost a massive amount. They're a they're a gigantic ball of rabble at the moment. And <clears throat> even with those players out, we should have won by more than that. And I, it just worries me slightly that. Again, I said it before and I'll say it again. Our um, our good against Collingwood is exceptional. It's brilliant. And our bad against Carlton and that sort of stuff is very, very bad. And we just seem to be sort of doing enough to get the win against Adelaide. And, and at five and two, I should be um, jumping off buildings, proclaiming how good the season's going to be and how good we are. Because this is one of our better starts to a season. But I'm worried. I'm worried that at five, even at five and two, that we're we're not where we need to be as a team yet. Like the the skills and all that sort of stuff, it just really worries me. But I too had another look at a few quarters of the game, and there was encouraging signs from Redmond. Hooksy was there. Rid, Rids is just an absolute superstar. The 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 question that I reckon I'd, I want to have a, a quick chat with you on, Scotty, is. Again, the decision, and I know we're both going to look at each other because we've said this before, the decision to leave out the likes of a Jimmy Stewart or any other tall person that we might have on our list, Um, anybody taller than Will Snelling, um, (laughs) and just leave them out of the forward line and bring Marty Gleeson in. I'm not sure... I'm not sure what that is, but we will we'll get to that question. So yeah, look, man, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm more on the positive side, but at five and two, having played some of the lower teams, this next four weeks is it. It's everything for us, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's all fair points, mate. Uh, and I can't argue against it. I I think just for me, uh, from the Bulldogs and Carlton's game, the difference for me was is that they had 30 tackles and this was 78 tackles. It was it, the mindset was to hunt the ball. We just didn't think through the game or use it. It, it was more a skill and, and decision-making error rather than an application to, to uh, attack the team and go for the win. Like if that makes sense, I, I no, hope no, it, makes it really does. Like we, we've lamented in the past, just what looks like now I would never say that the boys, would run out onto the park and just not put any effort in. But uh, we have lamented in, in the past, it, the boys just don't look like they're on from the opening bounce and that there is a perceived lack of effort um, and the other team just out-efforts them. Um, but it wasn't the case in this game. i got to agree. Yeah, I mean, 78 tackles is it's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> in a yeah. short game, it's, it's unheard of. But uh, look, and, and the, the key thing you're right on is – uh, at the you know, if anyone had a bad week, it's probably the coaching staff. I'm being honest. The selection, uh, we yeah, both I don't we, get yeah, it, man. We both, we, it. we both talked. This was nothing against um, Gleason at all uh, as a player. If he's in the back six, in the back six is fine. But to have two defenders come in in your team. Understanding Hooksy's out, but to actually add another defender on top of that in air, in an area of the ground that didn't need I I just personally me didn't need over strengthening, and to have a team that just bl- obliterated clearances but had no one of height to kick to, and uh, Emma sorry just quickly Emma Kernan yeah, Emma Kernan playing thirty percent of the ruck, so you've got you've got oompa loompas. <laughs> 
all over the forward line. You do, line. seriously. You've got a team of Oompa Loompas in the, in the forward line. And, yeah. Matt, I 100% agree with you. I just don't understand. Okay, so they bring Marty Gleeson in and Marty, again, if you put, put Marty in that side, not worried. Marty will do a job for you. I, I love the bloke. He's yeah, great. If he comes in for Redmond, I'm not losing sleep on it. You know that. No, absolutely it, it, not. Talent, talent, fine. But Brilliant. it's just but what? Yeah, it's just. Do we need an extra defender on the bench? That's it. And okay, so they the decision's been made to bring in an extra defender, right? Francis walks straight in the door for Kyle Hooker and looks like a defender, and he's great. Good on him. Love the kid in the side. Again, just a guy that you put in to replace Hooker, and you don't even have to think about it because he's going to do a better than average job. Now. The bit that I don't get is, okay, so they sit down at team selection and they go, right, are we going to bring Marty in? And you go, hmm, okay, that's a second defender when we've already got a back six with Francis replacing Hooker. You bring in that extra defender. So then my little tiny uh, brain sits there and goes, okay, they must be going to be doing a, a tricky something on the day with Marty and somebody in the back line, they're going to chuck yeah, is, is somebody McKenna from the back line. Forward or is it, is yeah, there they're going to, is it Connor going forward or is it whoever the hell's going to go forward and Marty's going to slot into their um, position, no problems at all. But again, that just did not happen. No, nobody was... switched, nobody, nothing. We had Tip and Woody and Snelling down there just looking like midgets and, the ball was just pumped in there, and then hopefully when it hits the ground, even the commentator said it, they've got a, a hope and pray kind of forward line. You boot the ball in there, they hopefully make a contest of some description, and then Waller and those guys pinch it from around your ankles and snap goals. Yeah, That's that's the sum total of our forward line at the moment. So that is a question I genuinely love, would love to put to the club to be able to say, is that what we're doing at the moment? Is that what we're doing? We're doing... A, a dedicated ultra small forward line. And our game plan is to boot it in there as fast as possible and see if you can keep up with Waller. If that's the case, then okay, cool. But Jimmy Stewart shouldn't expect to play for the next five years. Or if not, man, put the kid in the side just for, for a tall down there. And maybe he takes two marks and we get two goals out of it. Great. Yep. Now, uh, yeah, it, it was it, funny enough. It was it was a it was an old school sort of two years ago Richmond kind of forward setup with Rewalt and 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 young guys all around. But uh, you know, not that <laughs> they probably don't have our midfield. Uh, no. uh, I mean, sorry, we don't have their midfield uh, to kind of and, and you know, obviously Caddy and those guys are physical still. But we we were just too small, and uh, it was a little bit of you know, and you know, when Laverda went down, it really. Uh, it really put a a, a, yeah. cam, a a whole lens to the to the uh, to the issue where it just magnified and and they had to switch Langford down there uh, and we kicked two goals so all credit to him. Which, by the way, again, the club would probably look straight at me and go, "Yes, Grant, um, we did make a change. We chucked Langford down there, six four, decent sized unit, and he kicked a couple of goals for us." Yeah, but to be quite honest, it wasn't I really wasn't would have loved to have. Yeah. It was, Sorry? It, was, it wasn't planned. It was Laverde going down that made that shift. Though. And that's the thing. I would much rather have seen, and I apologize uh, to all the listeners, by the way, if Scotty, if I'm talking over Scotty or vice versa, because we're doing this on Zoom and sometimes the audio is a bit uh, dodge and I, I can't easy. hear him talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to say was, is that if we've got Laverde down there, I would much rather have seen Langford in the forward line with Laverde as a pinch hitter from minute one 
and then bring in a Dylan Clark or something to replace Langford in that spot because, yeah, I, I mean, we, we're going around in circles, but I think just the forward line at the moment is just way too small. And yeah. I don't know whether the club's just waiting to go, all right, we're going to bring back everybody. <laughs> we're going to bring back Draper, Stewart, Danaher, Heppel, and the whole nine yards in one hit and scare the living suitcase out of the entire AFL. <laughs> we've got now the tallest forward line in recorded history. So, mate, I'll tell you, if, if Sammy doesn't get a gig as a ruckman in a minute, and if he <laughs> is right to go, then chuck him down there as a forward. Or even Andy Phillips. He's he's mobile, gives us somebody to yeah. rove off. No, well, uh, you know, Woosher at the best of times is a very, very hard coach to read at, at, at yeah. press conferences. Uh, but, you know, he was... As close as, as to being um, adamant as, you know, Stewart's coming in. You know, he, he kind of obviously mentioned Stewart's now played three uh, scratch matches. And, you know, he basically said, uh, you know, some of these guys are going to come in. Uh, so he mentioned Draper's been really strong. His last scratch match was really, really strong. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, you've got the five-day break. So, you know... You know, this is some, it's, they've got a very tricky situation with the ruck and Stewart for me is a no-brainer. Let's just, let's just put Stewart in the side that you know with Laverto down, you've actually got no choice now. Like, it has you, to be yeah, just yeah. absolutely. Has I mean, to be. yeah, Langford's out, so I mean you've got really no choice. Yeah, yeah that, only that option one more that you took to put him down there <laughs> yes. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, uh, and look, and Draper won't be far away. Uh, you know that I. If I had a gut feel, it wouldn't be this week, but I would not be surprised if the following week he comes into the side. So what, at, at Belly's expense? Uh, not not sure. The, the, the interesting thing with Belly is the five-day break, and, and that's nothing against Belly, but has he got a body at the moment to just get up five days later? Well, mm. If it's form, you play him again, right? He, he had a good – he had a solid – Yeah, game, mate, right? that was – I'll tell you what, just on that subject, Belly – He's had a good break. He's probably um, made little fists with his toes in the sand up on there on the on the Gold Coast, and a couple of drinks with little uh, little umbrellas in them. And he he's probably had a good rest, and that's exactly what he was designed to do. Got to put um got to put my hand up and say that that was a decent game from Tommy Bell. Yeah, um, yeah. Around the ruck, he's good, and he's a good tap ruckman and stuff. But there was effort around the ball. He was throwing that big big frame around. That's what we want from Tommy Bell. And he had four clearances himself. So I mean, yeah. that's 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 what you want. It, it was it was very obvious in the last fifteen minutes he ran out of gas, and that's just being honest. Uh, yeah, he's, so, he's an old man. Yeah, now. and that's what you do have to consider, though. Like you know, you do have to factor those things in. You know, you, when you're playing, you're playing the top team, right? The Lions, um, who are going to run and run and run. They're young and enthusiastic. So yep. an, an interesting selection this week. Uh, you just want to have a chat with. Tommy to say, hey, how's the body? Um, but one game in, one game back, and then he's out? Well, it all depends on on, on his recovery. I don't know. Like, I, I, just, I just suspect he's got a bit of a fragile body. At, but I, I'm, I'm that's from afar. If he's right to go, he's right to go, right? So he'll probably play. And then after that, because you have two games in, like, whatever, 10 days kind of thing, Sammy will come. Very, very close. Like he, he has to be, yeah. man. Like because Bell can't do that. He's a real yeah. good forward too. Like when I've seen him mm. play in the VFL, he's he he's can really up. take a grab 
Yeah. Doesn't mind running out of the square. He's got a touch of the, geez, let, let, this is a bit scary, but he's got a touch of the the Paul Salmons about him when um, when he's leading out of a, a forward 50. He looks very good at that task. Yeah. So, geez, I, I don't know if you go all of a sudden you'd go too tall if you put um, Draper and Stewart in the forward line and then have McKernan running around on the third best defender or something like that because that – Automatic, that changes everything. Like you yeah. put Sammy Draper down there and Jimmy Stewart, maybe they're a smidge tall, but I don't know. That's, I just, I, I reckon like every other Bomber fan, I just want to see Scotty Draper in that side. I just want to <laughs> see what the kid can do. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part, isn't it? I mean, he's missed so much footy. You actually expect a lot of rust and, and not show exactly altogether <laughs> what he can do. He's going to be rusty. But I was thinking today, we haven't had a player for a while that's had that big, five, six-year kind of deal. Do you reckon there's a certain player down back that Dodoro oh. is having oh. a certain think about a long-term deal coming up? Mate, there was, a, <laughs> there was an article I saw on Facebook or I think it was Facebook and um, it was the top 20 paid footy players in the oh, comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, son, yep. the, the one that I kept seeing recurring was that Jack Martin earns more than Paddy Dangerfield at the moment. Yes, yes. And I went, that's that is a utter travesty that that's happening. But anyway, um, listen, I reckon my my mate, my my man Adrian Dodoro, um, if he trust me, there is a whiteboard somewhere <laughs> and it has two words on it, and it says Todd Ridley. Or Jordan. <laughs> that was deliberate. That was oh, deliberate. Oh, okay. You're just right. to see if you're on top of your toes. That was deliberate. Uh, Jordan Ridley. I saw it in um, the smile. Yes. Two words on it. Jordan Ridley. Um, and then directly underneath it is a dirty, great big dollar sign. Mm. Now, <laughs> I'm quite happy to help out with a lazy fitty bucks or something yes. like that, Adrian, Go find to help page. sign this kid. <laughs> or actually, you know what they should do, Scotty? Dodoro should give um, Hawthorne a call. And see if they've got any money left in that dodgy little Tasmanian little <laughs> oh, yes. account that they had, I, I read today in the paper. Oh, yes, that Don see, Scott, yeah. Dodgy. See, there's just another reason to hate Hawthorne. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Jordan Ridley is he's not doing well as an AFL footballer. He's doing exceptionally well at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think... To replace Hurley and Hooker, who've been Hooky was Hooksies was pick fifty odd. He wasn't he wasn't anything of note. We just found him, um, but Hurls was pick five, and you you know you're going to get a decent player. And to to get a guy to replace the likes of Hurls, maybe we've got it in Francis. But to mm. replace a Hooker is tailor made. Um, is Jordan Ridley? So, mate, I, I'm not sure yeah. how much money the Bombers have got left after everything. But you need to open wide, Mister Dodoro, and pay that kid anything he's worth because he's worth it now. Not not in two years' time. He's worth it now. Yeah, he's a serious talent uh, and a massive. But dude, his footwork. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to start sort of waxing on about Mister Ridley at the moment. But his footwork when he takes a mark, just that the beautiful balance and the stab on his foot, man, that is a seriously talented kid. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, Where did we get him? Was he like pick 20-odd? Yeah, it was t- – from memory, he was low 20s, like 22 or something like that. Um, yeah. But um, now he would be five or six. <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> he's redid brilliant. the draft. So, but, yeah, no, Jordan, mate, Jordan, you're, you're going to be worth a squillion bucks in the not-too-dear future, kid. 
Yeah, and look, just uh, just another note. Uh, I thought probably my close to my BAG, BOG Ridley was really, really close. I kind of went a few ways. I thought Andy McGrath was sensational um, with his 25 disposals and uh, I think he had um, 10 tackles, uh, eight clearances. Um, so, yeah, he, he was uh, – he was just fantastic. So, he, yeah, his his will to win was great. Um, so I, uh, he's coming along really well. I know he's got to work on his kicking. Everyone knows that. Uh, and some people think it's better than uh, you know. A few people told me no, it's better than you rate. But it's it's not like it's because he, he's a number one pick. You do unfortunately have to go. You know, you do expect you know a lot of passes to hit, and it's still not happening as yet. But but I had him as bog. Uh, a few people might think Zaki Merritt's had 33. I just thought Zaki, Zaki's commitment to the ball was really, really good. His tackling was really, really good. His attitude was the best by far this year. So, yep. I, you know, he's probably in my votes in some ways. So I just thought his ball use was just a bit off. Like he just had um, – when he had a bit of time, he just didn't nail the kicks uh, to what yeah, I normally much, expect. much, yeah. much better than that. Yeah, and, and that's that's all it is. Uh uh, it was more obvious to me on him than than Andy uh, yesterday, and um, Andy did a lot of hard work in in the in the uh, clinches. That's actually the point that I wanted to make on Andy's disposal is that he he was the in and under guy. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy that gets the ball, takes a step left, takes a step right, and tries to get rid of the ball. Like he's never he's never playing on the outside of a pack, getting the ball handed to him to him turning, running, and trying to hit somebody up into the forward line. And he's the guy at the bottom of the pack um, getting that slick handball out, getting that quick kick forward. So I think that's what got a lot to do with his um, with his kicking efficiency and that sort of stuff is that the boys on the bottom of the pack trying to just get his boot to the ball, let alone hit people up. But I do wish, I must, I must admit when I hear myself say that statement, I do wish the boys had more time in the game to actually take some time and hit better targets because I know it's red hot and my mm. days of playing AFL are well and truly over, but um, it's red hot in those clinches and you've got to get the ball out and you've got to get it moving forward. And But, geez, we, we our mids are doing exactly that. They're just getting it and just kicking it forward, kicking it forward. And I wish we had more time to actually take some take some time and hit some targets. So I, re- I really wish we could, but... Yep. Is what it is at the minute. And look, uh, a few things I just want to mention as far as the back six, which which was really exceptional, because it, you might think the inside fifties was one sided, but it wasn't. It was like close to a tie. Adelaide had, you know, and and you know, Adelaide in that last quarter had a lot of uh, balls coming their way, and, and and a few people thought um, Francis got towed up, and I, I had a relook at the game. It's not as obvious as you as a as a towed up. Uh, there's a, there's a few comments that Francis, um, you know, what's his name, got a hold of Francis, um, but uh, I don't don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Yeah, when I really looked at the game, uh, he basically, well, the Crows all together only had four marks inside fifth inside their in, uh, their fifty. So straight away, you know, your back six has been dominant, and and um, basically, his opponent. Uh, uh, only took a mark out in the wing, which is fine. Like you, you're not really. Yeah, as, you're not you really can take him out there all night. But I watched the last quarter and watch how many times uh, Francis has come over the top and punched the key, key spoil. Uh, and 
spiked to the hell out of it too. And spiked it to the boundary line or whatever. So he had a better game than I initially thought. So I thought the back six was really good. Hells really stood up in that last quarter. That's what you want from your captain and your leader. He made yep. some crucial plays. Uh, so, look, they're, they're, they're going really well. Sadi was Sadi. If you actually look at that last play, which I didn't appreciate enough, uh, where um, the Crows had a shot on goal with a, and basically with 20 seconds to go, Sadi leaves his man, uh, interrupts the contest, and then the ball goes wide. Sadi sprints and is able to make up 10 metres basically in, ha- in half a second, <laughs> just pushes him as he kicks the ball and it goes out of bounds on the full with 17 seconds to go, and which gives Hurley... Uh, obviously, the the ball and Redmond marks, and we win the game. So if you look at that play again, Sadi, that we talk about it. Sadi doesn't does things that stats don't show up, but that you know, if that guy has any more half a second more time to straighten and kick, we probably we could lose the game. We so, could be in serious problem. And I, I love Sadi to death. I mean, like seriously, you you just you just said it then, and almost sort of slid past it really quickly. You said Sadi, Sadi. Yeah. He's just Sadi at the moment. He's just. Ultra reliable, great player. Him and him and uh, Ridley would be absolutely um, neck and neck for the for the Coleman at the moment. They really would. Well, mate, um, we'll go to a break. Um, yep. When we get back, we'll start um, reading out some of your questions. These are the questions that Scotty and they're random. Um, <laughs> sorry, and they're random. <laughs> and they're random. Yeah, nice. They're nice and random questions from uh, from you, the listeners. And what we reckon about some stuff uh, as for all things Essendon Football Club. So on the other side of the break, we'll get into those. Sounds good. See you after the break. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, some... Questions that we've got from the listeners. What, what's the first question we got? All right. So, yeah, we, we obviously put out the uh, put out the notice. We've got a heap of questions. So I can't get through all of them because we've got about 50 questions from them both yeah. sides, So Thanks <laughs> to everybody, but we can't get through all of them. But uh, so I had to sort of handpick some. There were a lot of common themes. So please note, if you, you'll know if your name, if your question wasn't called out, you'll notice that your question was similar to someone else's. So please understand. Matt Tanase, who's a, a really good friend of the show on Twitter, um, said he'd love a discussion on two issues. One being the questionable team selection. Now, in, in all honesty, in the first segment, we kind of covered that, Matt. So I, I hope think that's that okay. is. And in, secondly, uh, our consistent inability to put sides away, particular weaker sides. And, and, and it's a fair call because we were uh, 17 points up and um, – and the commentary at the time said <laughs> Essendon uh, uh, are going for blood, <laughs> and I and and it, and I kind of chuckled to myself, knowing, oh man, that's not what we do. Um, and, but we did, you know, when we were seventeen points up, we were well on top uh, of that game, and it and it is a little bit infuriating uh, that we make bad mistakes. Connor makes a really bad fifty meter penalty; they score goal. Um, he kicks. He misses a soccer kick. Yeah, they yeah. Kick another goal. It's a it's a case that we always relax mentally for some reason when we get a bit of a break on a team, and I've never quite understood it. Well, actually, I I call it the. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but I call it the screaming jets um, 
syndrome, the 1987 Scott and Grant basketball team syndrome. Um, I, what I honestly reckon it is, is that I don't know that we relax. I don't know that we just suddenly think we've got the game in hand with, uh, with 17 points. I just think we, I don't know, I think we failed to plan for the opposition having one last crack at it. Like the opposition knowing that they've got to go or they're out. So I think sometimes like, I don't know, everybody's been playing in a, in a sporting team. Even when you've been playing footy as a youngster, you know that if you're up by a few goals and you get into three-quarter time or something like that, your position coach is going to give that opposition team a huge rev up. Yep. He's going to give them a rev up and say, you got to go, boys. It's now or never. Leave everything out there. you got to go, right? I just think the Bombers sometimes forget that that's going to happen. Yep. The opposition isn't just going to meekly disappear now because you're 17 points up and then it'll be 23 points up and then it'll be all over and we'll be 50 points up. I think we we just sort of play at the same level and don't expect the opposition to try and make that huge step up to try and get back on top of us. And so, uh, happily this year, um, in a couple of occasions, we've noticed that, i.e. Collingwood, we've noticed that they're coming. We've noticed that they're, they're trying really hard to, to get back on top. And we've managed to stay at a certain level and hold them off. So I think that they learn from that every week, but I just would like to, to, to see a bit more of that killer instinct when they know that if we've got them over a barrel to then put the foot on the, on the throat, controversial statement, yeah, yeah. Um, foot on the throat and just continue to, to hammer them and just put up with that, um, with that chase when it comes. Yeah, yeah, fair call. Uh, Nick Soros said uh, a bit of appreciation for our 1% experts uh, so he's talking about Snelling and McGrath. Those guys that do those one percenters uh, in games that impact a lot of stuff, but you know can can go, I guess, unappreciated. And, and that's fair enough because I mean, even Snelling, McGrath, and Hibbert had thirty tackles between the three of them. That's ten each, you know. So it, it, you're right there that uh, there are you know, especially Snelling and McGrath for me was really enormous. Like Snelling. I mean, we've got to remember Snelling in the first quarter absolutely gets hit, with the, you know, through in the he chest. He got hit hard, yeah. Yeah, and it was painful. You could tell that was really painful. Like, because when the camera cut to him sitting on the bench, he was breathing in big ones and quite sore. And, you know, he's played the next three quarters like a terrier. Uh, yep. he's, he's gone in just as hard. And, you know, you've got to appreciate that. And, uh, and I've got to have a bit of humble pie myself, and you know, because I said maybe he was the player that we we bring in for for someone else last week. So I've I've got to have a bit of humble pie myself that he 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 corrected me quite uh, emphatically. So which I'm wrapped about. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. I agree. Will Snelling is a is a guy we we grabbed from WA, and you just wonder whether or not he's in the long when we got him, whether or not he's a a bit of a top up or a help player. And whether or not he's in our long-term plans, but mate, like you said, he's he isn't sort of kicking twos and threes a game for us, but he's been playing in the midfield, and he's like you said, those little midgety guys when they're when they play like little terriers, they're hard. Yeah, Zachy Merritt's not a big dude, but try getting out of his one of his tackles, and yeah. I've been very very pleasantly surprised with Will Snelling, and will be more than happy if he's in the side. Um, I just and again, if he's if he's that kind of a player that when sort of Heps comes back and Shield comes back, that maybe he gets um, sort of moved out of the starting lineup, 
he's more than uh, a more than capable backup for us, clearly. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got an amusing one, which I'm only going to answer for five seconds because we talked about in the first segment. But <laughs> yeah. Break like the wind uh, on Twitter has said, "Who does? Who? Sh- Sorry, whom was that? Break like the wind." Um, Did you just say broke like the wind? Break. Break like the wind. Okay. At Paul Shelb uh, on Twitter. Right. Who does Excellent she- name. Love it. He just wants to know, who does James Stewart need to root to get a game? Uh, <laughs> well, clearly Truck uh, or Garacella or... Um, um, yeah, yes. no. I, I we- think that's... <laughs> bravo. That's an excellent question. Um <laughs> But I uh, look, I think he'll come in this week, but uh, we appreciate the sentiment of what you're trying to we, say. We love the sentiment <laughs> and the uh, the Aussie bluntness there, mate. I love that a lot. Um, no, I'm with you, dude. I, I seriously, who does he need to? Because if he's if he's not right, he's not right. But if he's right, that boy's got to play. Um, well, there's, and, you know, uh, very quickly, there's a perception I get on Twitter, right? They're saying, you know, we can't rush injured guys back. I want people to understand he hasn't been injured since March. Yeah, uh, like he's been yeah. ready, ready, he's ready been, to go, ready. He's been ready to go. Like his only hiccup was the Connor um, COVID where he had to isolate. That's really what he's coming back from as far as just match fitness and trying to get the ball again. And obviously with the COVID situation, there's no VFL. So he's just simply rusty. And that's that's just what's what it's been the whole time. So yep. his body was declared fine back in March. So there's no issue with him bringing back early from injury. It's just really bringing him back from these isolation, which was now you know must be about four weeks ago now. Um, yep. uh, and so I, I don't, I can't see any reason now. I mean, he, he was named in the 26 last in the last game, uh, so he's obviously very, very close. He'll come in this week. I'm, I'm very, very confident. With- and look to answer break like the winds, <laughs> which I love. Break like the winds question. I don't think he's got to root anyone, mate. I think this week he's in. Yes. Uh, yeah, I had so much to, something to say then, but I won't. Uh, I, know you, I know you did. I can see that on your face. I love it. Yep. <laughs> James Larry uh, um, on James Larry 24 at Twitter. How can Essendon continue winning without our best players? Now, that's a very good question. Uh, wow. Uh, look, uh, obviously, we've all seen the next four weeks, right? Dylan yep. Shield is a big inclusion. That's one thing I will say. Dylan Shield. Yep. Uh, Shield without the D is a very, very big inclusion to our midfield. What you do want is to have, uh, to win games, is to have your strongest lineup being in the midfield. Uh, Because, I mean, even this game, right, even with our poor forward line, our midfield controlled the game and it helped us win the game. So to strengthen your midfield and have a very solid back six is a starting point. if James Stewart and you know if if if, if they randomly went with a Mozzie or a or a um, a Draper, Sammy Draper or yeah, something, and started and we started having some marking targets, you know, I, I would actually you know, yeah, Cahill looked like I mean he, Cahill actually scored more points than any other player this, <laughs> this week. So yeah, no, uh, he he looked yeah. good, the kid. So he'll probably play because we need to score. So uh, you know, there's players that can score. We just need some marking targets because we. This is a little known fact. Uh, we, oh, is, this a, is this a Scotty sneaky fact? We were second most this year 
on balls get inside 50. Now, that's a random stat I've just put out. So, wow. So You're basically, no good if means, you haven't got balls got in 50. So, basically, means if the ball hit the ground, our guys were very dangerous. And and you saw that with the parishes and those sort of guys who are, yeah. parish looked in really good form uh, on on Sunday. So, but, yep. So that's what you want. You want marking, but we need the ball to hit the ground because we've got really good players in there that compete very hard with the Snellings and Parishes and Wallers and sometimes Smith that are high competitive guys that uh, can get the ball, you know, and that showed up on Sunday. So that's hundred percent agree. To, to answer old mate's question though. Yep. The short answer I think is we can't like we've, we've played, some guys, some teams that have been very good and we're five and two and I'll take every second of it. But without the likes of um, the Stuarts and I don't know, I mean, I won't, I won't put Danaher in there because we just haven't had him for so long. He's just going to be cream on the pie when he does come back in. Um, but the likes of Heppel and Shield and Stuart yeah. and those guys, they have to come back in and they have to be in the team for a good period of time getting up to speed, getting up to scratch before we start talking about anything towards the end of the year. Because yep. I, I I am genuinely concerned that the teams that we're coming up against this week are very good. They're the leading teams in the comp at the moment. And if if we can if we can manage to pinch some of these games, that'll be great. Um but yeah, mate, to answer his question, the short answer, I don't think we can. The long answer um, I still don't think we can, and I think we need to get those players uh, into the side ASAP because I think we're we're batting above. Will Snelling's batting above his average at the moment, and um, there's a lot of guys batting above their average, and I just wonder how long they can continue to do it against the really good sides. Yeah, uh, agree. Ankush Goyal, uh, and I'm having, well, I'm ha- well pronounced. I'm hoping I, I got that I right. Bet you, I bet you he's a doctor. He sounds like a he sounds like a doctor. <laughs> doctor what? Goyal. Dr. Goyal, I reckon I can see that. Will the Bombers ever have a good four line with all their players on the park together? That's a uh, a question. Yes. At yes some point, at some that. point in the history, Stringer, Joe Denner, <laughs> and all these guys will all be in the same side, and we will celebrate. And, Absolutely, yes. and gongs will go off, the bells will ring. Uh, yeah, look, seriously, if we had the, these players, just to just to, to rifle these off, these players are available at our club. Sorry, they're at, they're at our club, available not so much. But we've got Joe Danaher, Jimmy Stewart, Jake Stringer, Raz Waller, um, Snelling, Carl, which sounds weird. I think his name is Carl. It's not Cahill. Yeah. Um, depends on which side of punt road you were born on. But um, Carl, Mozzie, Waller, Raz, um, Danaher, Stewart, and Stringer. Yeah. Now that is some decent forwards. Yes. And you can chuck Langford and that stuff down there. Can we get everybody on the park? Um, <laughs> no. Currently, we've no. got more chance of getting Lloydie to run back out there at um, at full forward. Um, but look, guys, yeah. can you imagine if we had that team, that forward line together out on the park? So we genuinely, you can see what the club's done. They've gone and got decent forwards. Like if we, if we had our good forward line in, they've got a decent bunch of forwards. But... We can't yeah. keep him on the park at the moment. We can't keep Raz out there. We can't keep Joey D out there. And Jakey's in for a couple and then out for four. So that's our issue at the minute. Yeah, um, yeah very true. Uh, look, uh, we'll go through uh, a little bit quicker because there's a few to get through. Right. Uh, so 
Wes McKenna out. Looks like he's forgotten how to play Aussie rules. Is he leaving next year? Now, I'll, I'll answer that. Uh, look, McKenna obviously has had the – you couldn't get a more disrupted year than, than McKenna. So, I'm look, I'm going to cut him some slack. Was I infuriated during this game with Connor McKenna? Yes, because I thought he almost lost us the game. Uh, right at the end with his lazy kickoff, you know, fake kick off the ground – yeah, kick off the ground, I guess it was. I attempted to just yep. not pick up the ball when he's actually loose, which was nuts. Uh, they score a goal that, and make it within a goal. He Two goals before during, you know, I think it was the first and third quarter, whatever, you know, he makes mistakes. They score. He was mentally just shot in this game. He gets covered out over the cracks a little bit by his spectacular one play that we all saw, but his whole game was was not great. Uh his hand clearly to me is still affecting his mind and his game and, and that's still not right. We can only hope it's improving. Uh, we assume it is, but, you know, the stronger that hand gets, I think the more you're going to see Connor back to his norm. Is he going to play next year? Just quickly, you know, I, I'd have to say my gut feel and without any evidence, but I, I'm with Connor, if I'm being very, very honest, my concern is he keeps going to the uh, Irish press and having these podcasts and these media articles where he's saying he wants to go back uh, and he's saying it's go- and it's going to be in a short time. So I have zero confidence of him playing next year and it's, it's a luck of the draw. And so I, because he's telling me, you know, you know, there's no doubt in my mind the club doesn't want him to do these interviews uh, and no doubt in my mind, but he holds all the power in this situation. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Can't agree with you more on that one, dude. Okay. So uh, let's go. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Stuart questions I'm going through. And oh, really? Okay. Uh, I, um, we can summarize all of those by yes, we think he should be playing. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. We think it should be center half forward. Okay, Grant Tricky, great name, Grant. Great name. Uh, uh, I think Dev Smith needs a rest. A few times today, looks disinterested and wanted to go uh, to agonise instead of going for the ball and try to tackle. I feel his pressure has really dropped off. Make a statement. We don't expect mediocrity. So you have to be on. You have to be on every time you play. Uh, and I, I like Mr. Tricky right there. That's that's some hardcore. I don't mind that. Yeah, well, I like his standards. Uh, look. If I'm being honest, with the Langford and um, Laverde outs, he's going to play. And I'm just being yeah, honest. I know is. your sentiment, and I, you know, if you you if you listen to our podcast, it's usually our sentiment. We're pretty ruthless sometimes. If you just continually put in poor games, yep. He, he, my main concern is is more what we don't know about Devin Smith, and you know, I, we got people who sometimes watch the the Queensland training sessions and note that he wasn't training or he's just off to the side doing some light sprint work just separately with the fitness staff obviously has an issue. I, cause we don't know what that issue is. We don't know how much that's affecting his game, but he mentally uh, is, is not on song. Um, not quite sure. And, and I get the frustration because he's so much better than what we're seeing. I mean, you don't win a Crichton medal for nothing. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But I guess the, the the question I want to ask is that last when he won that Crichton, he was a he was a hundred percent midfielder, and like in that season he came to the club because he wanted to be a midfielder, and the club said yes, fine, you can play midfield, and then they played him in the midfield, and then he won a Crichton medal. Like, is he a hundred and ten percent playing in the midfield now, 
Is, there, is he another one of the guys that are currently sort of playing a bit out of position at the moment? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure because he does play the high forward quite a bit, um, even even back in the old, you know, even back in, yeah, GWS. in the – Yeah, GWS. Yeah, GWS. But even when he's Crichton here, like he does rotate through the high forward. He played, okay. a, he played a lot more mid-minutes, but he still rotated a lot and his pressure was elite and he – he just doesn't have the zip. This is something, you know, yeah, there's, look, there this is, is something some, not right. Again, a question I'd love to ask the club. That That's how I would sum that up. He's, he's missing a little something. There's probably, I don't know if there's, I don't, I don't even know if it's, if it's injury, but he is missing a little something. Um, and again, he, when he's up and about and he's dragging people down and tackling like a mad thing, um, the club looks incredibly that much better, but, yeah, it's he's got to lift a little bit. No, no, I, I agree. Uh, I'll let you answer this um, mainly because I've got to research another question. <laughs> Dude, that nice work. Dude, you're letting behind the behind the behind the scenes secrets out. Yep, go I, for I, it. <laughs> hey, um, so we've got about two questions to go. So we're doing right we're doing pretty well. A lot was on on Stuart, and a lot was on Connor, <laughs> and a lot was on us not able to capitalize on on bigger wins. So that was a general yep. theme. Uh, Benjamin Schultz, um, without an Schultzy. L. Schultz, um, will we actually tag Neil or just let him go on his merry way this week against Brisbane Myers? Now, Neil obviously is lucky, is a fantastic player, but do you think we're ever going to have a situation where we tag uh, a prime mover of a top team? Short answer, no. Um, I, I think a short been, answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's it. So moving on, no. Um, the... Yeah, I don't think the the Do answer to that is well. I don't think the answer is yes. I think it is uh, more than likely no. I think with the likes of Crips and those guys, we are. And again, I kind of like it in that we're backing our midfielders in at the moment to get the ball, and yeah. they know. I think you, the Bombers might have been speaking to ex um, Chicago Bulls coach Dave D- Doug Collins. Um, Everybody know, knew that Michael Jordan was going to get his 20-odd possessions and people were okay with that. It's just that you wanted to make sure that he didn't get 35 possessions and turn it into an incredible match-winning performance. Yeah. Someone like Paddy Cripps is going to get 20 possessions asleep. Like if he was dead set, if you tied an arm behind his back, you'll still get 20. So I wonder whether or not the board, the club is sort of thinking, well, let's not bring in such a negative player who's going to limit him from 20 down to 18 um, when we can just let him get his 20 when we've got our midfielders there to do a job as well. So I think to answer that question directly, it's not in the club's long-term goal to have a dedicated tagger because we have one uh, in Dylan Clark. And he's, and not, yeah, he's not even close he's to it, doesn't feel like. very capable, everything, but he's just not getting selected at the moment. No. So I don't think we will. I think... Um, Cara and the boys will have um, plans for Neil. And part of that is going to be get your hands on the ball first. Um, but I don't yes. think he will, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, look, finally, uh, this is covering quite a, a big air, area. So Jack Hurrigan uh, or Horrigan uh, on Horrigan, Facebook. I'm going to go with Horrigan. Uh, look, he wants to talk about potential trade targets. And this is looking a little bit in forward. So, uh he currently likes the spread of the t- team. However, Dano goes, could Brown possibly come in from North Melbourne? Either Crouch Brothers for another big-bodied midfielder, perhaps, or go after a Libra or Wallace from the Doggies. 
in terms of our out-of-contract players, obviously Dan I need to stay. I know we're shopping Laverde, but I'd love to see him stay. Does this help a bit uh, in, in uh, a question to be answered? So that's a Look, there's a lot to talk about there. There is a lot in there. Go for it, Scotty. Uh, let's cover a few names. So it, it, the big one, if, if Danaher did decide to go, and I my gut feel is he might not, but let's talk about if he did. Then um, do you go after Brown from North Melbourne? Look, you, you no, pro- no, for yeah. Me. It depends what what the price is, really. I mean, if it's a low first round pick, I, I'm I'm leaning towards no, um, I, I, because he's on his he's towards the end of his career, not at the start of his career. So you you have to have the assumption you can win a grand final probably within two years of getting him. Uh, yep. to be at his top form. So that's a huge risk, and I'm just not sure we're there to, for me to think, you know, we're at that no, stage. <laughs> there's no shores about it. Yeah, we're, we're not, yeah. Um, so I don't want to waste a first-round pick, if that makes sense. That could really um, contribute in the future. Like if you pick up a forward at, at pick eight or pick nine or pick ten. Yeah, like, um, like a Ridley or somebody like that, yeah. So, yeah, so my gut feel says no. Look, Brad Crouch... Um, don't mind it. Don't mind that as an idea. Yeah, again, it's 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 the price you have to pay uh, for. That a, is true. Inside. That is true. And Ollie Wines' name always comes up for grabs. And look, there's no doubt for me the Essendon Football Club have tried to talk to Ollie Wines and tried to get his services. Yeah, uh, have no doubt in my mind, and I understand why they want to because they want a Joe Watson kind of feel back, and in something we're clearly lacking. So. Uh, I'd look. It all depends on the trade. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, would you do Ollie Wines for a first round pick in a Laverde kind of situation? I mean, you, you'd be close to be tempted because you got an you got injury prone guy, and and, and you know it, it, he's not too crazy old, uh, so he's in your plans for five or six years. Yep. Yeah. So, and this is me talking at the top of my head, but uh, I I, I want to think on it more, but. I can see the I can see the logic behind it. Uh, put it. That oh, way. I absolutely can too. I got I got a couple of points on this subject, and I good question by the way, Jack. I reckon um, two things. One, over the last five years, four years, or whatever it is, my man, the legend that is Adrian Dodoro, has actually gone out and got us all of the players. Like he's got Sard Smith Stringer. The whole nine yards, he, he pinched Jimmy Stewart. He's got McKernan. He's got a few of these guys. Um, and he's got a number one draft pick that he's, that he's done well with as well. I don't know, but every time, everybody, every year, at the end of every year or coming towards the end of the year, just goes, right, who are we going to bring in this year to help us win the, the premiership? Who are we going to bring in this year? I just would really like to see, and this might be a bit naive, but I'd really like to see we went and got three big names in Sarge, Stringer, and Smith. And we add them to Shield, and then you add them to um, to uh, Connor, and all of these people that we've drafted. Geez, it'd be nice to see the group of footballers that we have at the moment really gel together over the next three to four years. Maybe Hurls and Hooker aren't there at, on that fourth year, and Francis and Ridley take over their position. But I just, I'd really like to see, as opposed to just bringing new players in, new players in, new players in. 
to get a team to really start to perform well, like a Richmond or somebody like that, or a GWS in that finally, after all this time, they're starting to gel as a footy club. So that's part A on that subject. I'd really like to see the players that we have at the moment reach their full potential and gel together as a club. Yep. But on the crouch situation, you're hundred percent right, Scotty, in that people go, let's go and get um, Tony Liberatore from, from the tire, from um, the dogs, or let's go get Brad, uh, Brad Crouch. Sure. Love it. But if you're Adelaide, you're going to say no problems at all. I'll, I'll swap your Brad Crouch for Zach Merritt. Like, cause that's the, they're not going to give up Crouch for nothing. Right. And we're going to have to give up something significant to get him. And I think as a club, we need those first rounders. We need some more kids coming through. Yeah. Um, we've got some kids, but we need more in behind that. So I just worry at the moment that do we have the kind of, and I'm not going to go through names. I know you mentioned Laverde. I mean, he's been in everybody's draft or trade sort of rumors for two or three years, but I'm not really going to go into player names, but I just wonder whether or not we have the kind of inadverted commas expendable player or player that would be okay to lose good player that would be okay to lose to pick up the likes of a crouch. Cause that's what we'd need. So yep. man, I think, I think, you're right on what you're saying is it's some interesting times for trades for the Bombers coming up. I just don't know that we're going to be wildly involved. Also, too, because we've got a couple of Irishmen coming through. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting what Dodoro does. I think he's going to be earning his money over the next two to three years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I spoke to someone uh, uh, close to the club and, and, you know, they made a good point. When you when you have a couple of years of – of like you said, of having a focus on trade, trading in players, you've got to remember to go back to the draft. You can't just keep going and going. You need the next generation still coming through to strengthen uh, your club. Uh, so I think it's time to, you know, to go back to the draft uh, and, and, you know, a little bit back the list you've got, but have some really good kids coming through in three or four years. Yeah. Be right to go that. Uh, so, look, I, just before we go to the break, there's just two things. I'll answer these quickly just before I go to the break. Um, Howard Bevan, who's one of our Patreons, around our extensive list of injuries to experienced players and handling the super short breaks that got coming up, who takes leadership captain or does or does one captain play all four games? Look, just quickly, uh, I think probably uh, guys like uh, Zaharakis, Merritt and Hurley will probably take ownership, seeing they're, they're around that kind of leadership group. Uh, mold uh, Devin Smith maybe uh, who's in the leadership group, but his form might warrant <laughs> to not having yeah. that, not, not being minute, picked. Yeah. But Hurls will be will be the captain, and if he needs a break, then I would probably a back a Zach Merritt or, or Zarakis just for that one game. Uh, and just quickly, Tony Fiorito, uh, F I O R I T O. How do I say that? Fiorito. Yeah, right. Yep. Playing two ruckmen to assist our four line to bring the ball to ground if Stuart isn't fit next week. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Scotty Draper is the perfect player if you want to play two Ruckman. Uh, and I've always kind of got this feeling, and not to put Bell Chambers down, but uh, that uh, a Phillips and Draper combination is is quite good because, one, they, they both can play forward line really well. So you're not losing much and you've got that structure in place. I, I don't mind that as a combination. Um, and in future, you know, in a year's time, I'll be Draper doing probably the 60 to 40 of yep. the ruck. Um, but thanks, guys. Uh, I hope we answered enough questions. Um, 
Sorry, yeah, for I really those appreciate that. Like the the um the input from you guys has been great. We love those questions. We love all the feedback we get on uh on the socials. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed those uh, us banging on about your questions. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll be uh up right after the break. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, to wrap it up, Scotty, what do we think? So, yeah, we've got Brisbane this week, uh, Friday night games, just a five-day break for both sides. Uh, some of the events that have happened today, obviously with the Langford uh, one week out, and probably want to know what do we actually think of the Langford one week out. I had a look at the replay uh, very, very closely. I must admit it is a 50-50 call. I initially went, ah, oh, that's rubbish. Uh, the issue Langford had with this one, he had, had he just didn't go for the ball at all. Uh, but on the other side, it was very that kind of that clumsy, awkward, didn't really mean it kind of incident. So it's a it's a tricky one. Um, I, I think they're going to have a hard time contesting it, if I'm being honest, because uh, because you know it was high. He didn't and he shouldn't didn't choose to go the ball, and that's very hard to defend. That's the bit that gets me. There's the, uh, the and the AFL, I think, as well, is that he didn't choose the ball first. Uh, and yeah. If you actively make a choice not to go the ball first, and then you collect somebody in the head with any part of your body, really, yeah, you're in trouble. So I think that's that's one for uh, Langford, and just yeah. move on. Yeah, and and you know, um, obviously, for if you're an Essendon fan, the frustration was that, yeah, as of four weeks ago, no one got reported for that everyone got a fine so i think that's just the the frustration is the the changing of the interpretation but no uh, one knows what the hell's going on this season so uh i, I the lions uh, have noted that daniel rich uh had a um hamstring complaint uh and the coach said you know you know unless something a miracle happens it's very unlikely he'll play they'll do they'll do the caution because with a five-day break which i think they'll definitely do that so he he'll likely be out um, McStay, who got reported uh, today, uh, it's a biggie. Two weeks. That's a really big out. Um, I mean, I really rate McStay. He's so athletic. He's kind of a Jake Stringery, but more athletic. Really can do um, some X Factor stuff. Uh, I was just thinking today, he would have been a really hard matchup for us. Uh, that kind of springy, uh, athletic, high jumping. But very strong got a person. I, I was trying to think. We there wasn't an obvious matchup. Maybe a Francis, but wasn't an obvious matchup that yeah. we had for that caliber of player. So that helps a lot. Um, and a, and he's a yeah, he's a really big out for them. Um, the coach suggested that Birchall might be rested soon, either this game or next. Let's hope it's this game because yeah, <laughs> let's hope because if you take Birchall and um and Rich out of their half forwards, it's kind of like. It's a little bit Sadi McKenna in, in some ways. Like that's two guys that set up, going, you know, a lot of their drive come, yeah, going into the midfield. So, uh, look, historically, I, we've got a completely different team. Historically, Brisbane have struggled against us. There's a, there's a little bit of optimism there. Uh, I watched them. They, you know, they only beat Melbourne by you know less than a goal. So uh, they weren't, you know. Spectac- Super spectacular. spectacular at Metricon. Um, I, th- I think they just struggled a bit at Metricon. 
So if it's up to us to bring the heat. We have to replicate the Simplicity heat, yeah. in your statement, Scotty. That's it. We've yeah. just got to be up and all all up and about. We've got to be up and about and we've got to – We've got to have better skills than we were last week, and we are a red hot chance. Yeah, I've got concerns, however. Yeah, I. It's right. And, you know, funny enough, if Stewart gets picked, and you know, and there's a few alignments, and there's a bit of height down the forward line, um, and Shield comes into the midfield, I'll give us. I'll I'll give us a little bit of something if the structure I think is is right because our back six is great. So, yep, Shield is obviously a massive in. Langford's very very frustrating. Because he's uh, playing that. He's in form at the moment. Yeah, he actually played a decent game. Had 19 or 20 disposals and two goals. So, yeah, so it's it's a huge game. It's one you would love to steal an unlikely victory because it. Oh, man. It, it this, this, is, this has got a touch of the Collingwoods about it for me in that you're sitting there all week. You're just watching the days tick by closer to it going, yeah. oh, if we could just pinch it, if we could just, yeah. I know we're not sort of the top, one of the top two teams in the comp, but geez, we're half a chance against them. Let's just see if we can pinch it. So yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I'm sincerely hoping as I always am that we can pinch this game. Just worry about us against the Lions though. Yep. Yeah. And look, uh, something I, I um I forgot with a lot last podcast. Sorry, I, I uh, a lot of you know that I had a uh, I'm a sponsor of Dylan Clark and, and Aaron Francis. Uh, and uh, last week I had a Zoom meeting uh, with uh, Dylan Clark and Aaron Francis, separate Zoom meeting. So when you a sponsor, you the people who sponsor you get to have a, a Zoom chat. Um, uh, most of it's a group chat. So. Um, uh, just with our ones, it wasn't a big group, <laughs> and yes. uh, and uh, so we yeah we were able to I was able to have a, a direct chat with Dylan Clark and Aaron Francis, and I did say <laughs> on the last podcast that I would talk about it, and I was a little bit uh, on the tired fatigue side, sorry, and I just totally slipped my mind. Look, saying all that, you're probably expecting all this gold, and look, I I, I don't want to let you down, but it was a very friendly chat, and it wasn't a uh, a chance to to do any investigation or anything like that. It no. was, um, uh, first of all, Dylan Clark, uh, absolutely lovely guy. Um, yeah, he was just in the entertainment lounge up in, up in Brisbane and he was just showing, he was just walking around showing us what the golf, co- golf course looks like. And, and, you know, we were talking about, um, him, you know, how he can get a game and, I mean, it was very professional. He's saying, you know, he's working his butt off and, and you know, just working on the things he needs to work on. It uh, doesn't feel he's too far away. Um, he did talk about the scratch matches being uh, quite a tough format for him to show his wares uh, because with some of the games only having 10 on 10 or 12 on 12, because there's so much of the ground that's open um, and it's no real tight contests, uh, he he excels more in the in and under. That's um, his game, yeah. And he he found it very free flowing and and sort of um sort of slingshot back and forth footy. So it didn't sort of lend to his strength. So it was a very interesting conversation. I, I asked him about Sammy Draper as well, who who's his room he's his roommate. Um, and you know we we talked about that Frankston game um, together. And he, and he said, you know, that's easily the best game he's seen him play as well. And 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 if people who don't know, 
Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, so sorry if this is a, a repetitive story, but there, there was a game in Frankston last year, just just before he had his knee injury. It was probably about two weeks before, so three weeks before. Yep. Um, and so we went down to Frankston uh, to see the Bombers uh, play. Uh, the St Kilda guys were there as well. Um, and I reckon I saw Sam Draper have 26 disposals, probably have 80% of the hitouts straight down Dylan Clark's throat most of the time or, or Langford who was playing that game, kicked three goals, uh, probably had 12, 13 marks, and, and everyone was looking around at each other going, what have we got here? <laughs> like, and, you know, and, and, I'm, and I made the joke to Dylan Clark. I said, you know, you know do, you, do you reckon you understand now why uh, seeing all the St Kilda uh, head coaches were there, why not long after that they put in a four-year deal <laughs> kind of one million dollar yeah, exactly right. <laughs> offer it to him uh, because they, they all witnessed it like he did. And he said, oh, it's funny because he said, oh, actually, you know, I've never even thought about that, but you're exactly right. Um, he goes, I would have done the same thing. He goes, but, you know, he talked about, you know, Sammy Draper. He obviously said, you know, Sammy's going to be a uh, a fantastic player. So it was, a, it was a really good chat. It was very just more friendly and, you know, he, he's obviously coping pretty well with the, with the setup there. He said the guys have got a really good balance of know, knowing when to be with each other, play tennis, play golf, but also know when to give each other space. Uh, and and that's kind of leads me into Aaron Francis, uh, that quick discussion. Aaron, if you don't know, by nature is is, is, a, is an introvert, is a very big introvert and very, very shy. Uh, but this was the best I uh, have heard him. So I've spoken to him quite a number of times. This was by far the, the best I'd heard him. Uh, he was really talkative, um, uh, really, really approachable, um, and, and showed me obviously that he was in a good headspace. Look, he, I asked him about because um, it was prior to him getting selected. So I asked him about the struggles of him not being selected the, the previous two games when he actually had coaches' votes in his first four games, um, and uh, he, he was really good about it. He said, "You know, it is what it is. I've just got to work my butt off." And he said, "You know what?" Uh, you know, my mindset is that the whoever the six are play this week, I've got to be right behind them, uh, support them, do what I can do in training to help them, uh, because uh, it's all about the club winning. And uh, and he he just really impressed me his whole mindset to, um, to it. And you know, I mean, he joked at the end. He goes saying that you know I really really want to play this week, uh, but that's what you yeah, want. I, I could do with a game, yeah. <laughs> but you could. That's obviously what you want to hear. Um, he he did talk about that he he need he wants to build his fitness base, just keep on having good pre-seasons after pre-seasons. So he does still feel like he can have that more impact of playing a key position and then um uh and, and then going uh into the midfield uh and having more of a presence there, but he knows he has to work on a lot. So it was just a great chat. There's nothing, you know, mind mind blowing or anything like that, but um it was just a good chat. So I just want to make sure that that was covered. Uh yeah. and I hope that's okay. I know the podcast has gone for an hour and seven now, so it's a, it's a little yes. bit over time. But uh I, I just wanted to say, you know, it was really great chatting to him. They were so lovely, uh the guys, really, really approachable. Uh, Hammy and and um and uh uh, Redmond were always in the background cracking jokes. Uh, they both of them said, and I, I've heard feedback from everyone that 
Redmond is the uh, the most annoying player that's ever existed in the history of football. <laughs> so uh, uh, they were very adamant about that, and uh, and you could tell in the background. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone. Um, yep, that's it for another week. We're going to be at our Patreon show on Thursday when the teams are announced. Just Team selection, and just so you know. Um, I've got to be upfront. Uh, this will, that that's the last show before the billing starts. So that's the last free show. Um, Hopefully, we can re- we can retain everybody that's been on. Yeah. So look um, for those Thursday shows, for the game after shows, for breaking news shows, all those Patreon sort of shows. Um, go to the Patreon site. What, how, how do they get to the Patreon site? Do you know? Patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. Um, you can get a hold of us on there. Join up. We've had a couple of guys and girls join up recently, which is great. By the way, too, love to see the ladies joining on the Patreon as well. Um, that's always good. I know we're a, a couple of blokes talking your average sort of blokey footy stuff, but we we don't we do like to see the ladies go on the Patreon and uh, in in general providing feedback to us on Facebook. So oh, bummer, thank you to all the yeah, ladies. The bomber female fans are, are crazy. They're awesome. Absolutely, they're, they're we so, love it to death. But yeah, so, Patreon.com so um, forward slash the lunchtime catch up. You can join up for as little as two bucks. Um, that kicks into gear next week, um, where you get the um, the Thursday night. Team selection and the post-match reaction show um, on via the Patreon, and then of course the uh, review show. This particular show will always be free on the iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, all of the above. Um, you can catch us there. So get hold of us on Facebook. Like I said, today was really great, and that we got the questions um, from all you guys. We really enjoyed doing that. Um, so if you want to get hold of us on the on the socials, um, just shoot us a, shoot us a message. Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast Facebook page. Um, you can get Scott um, at uh, Scooter McNeese on, on Twitter um, or you can get him on uh, via True to the Red Sash as well. So yep, big game next week. Big, big, big game next week against Brizzy. One that we really need to pinch. What, this, uh, what day is it, Scotty? This week, actually. Uh, Friday. So um... This week it is. Sorry, yes. Jeez, <laughs> wow. I'm on fire. It's this week on Friday. So uh, hopefully, hopefully one of those really good starts to the – to the weekend with a bomber win. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's not impossible. So I'm I'm going to give us a bit of confidence because uh, when when people think this club has no chance of winning, they do have a history of actually winning. So you never know. With this I have club. no doubt. I have so, no doubt. Uh, we can play. We can suddenly raise our game three levels and play to a high end competition. So we'll see how we go. But look, right. thanks so much, everyone. Um, Really, really appreciate your support and thanks for all your kind comments and, and your support for the show. This is us tuning off. Go Bombers. Uh, have a great night, Grant. And You too, mate. We'll soon. talk to you guys soon.